Welcome to the Scalable Solutions Podcast. If you're looking to scale or start a successful online business up to $10 million, but have struggled to scale the three marketing mountains of copywriting, e-commerce, and digital marketing, the Scalable Solutions Podcast is your new base camp. You now have a serial entrepreneur behind you who's reached multiple summits of success to answer your questions so you can scale and start a successful online business. Welcome back to the Scalable Solutions Podcast. Uh, Tonight, we're going to be talking about scaling the turnaround, considering what digital systems should be in place before you scale your business, uh, what systems need to change, Uh, maybe looking at some easy and actionable systems for documenting processes. And we have the man to do all of that. Martin, thank you so much for making time and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Wayne. This is one of my particular areas of expertise that I still do myself across my various companies. And it's incredibly important to scale. It's incredibly important to your sanity It's incredibly important to the health of your business to document and to be efficient about your processes and to implement as much automation as you possibly can. So first, Wayne, do you want to um, say a little prayer for uh, our father for helping us to steward our listeners? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for our listeners. We thank you for... um, being brothers in Christ, and we hope that this community would expand uh, and grow and uh, glorify you. Lord, we pray that uh, the people with businesses out there would um, genuinely get actionable uh, assistance and things that they can practically apply and learn and grow. And uh, if you choose to scale their businesses, Lord, we pray that uh, you would. And uh, we just thank you uh, for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So where do we start when we're thinking about um, what digital systems should be in place before you scale your business? So it's there's two different ways to, well, you'll actually encounter two different um, scaling, I guess, walls or ceilings or um, however we want to phrase that. The first is trying to do it beforehand, which is what you were just saying. And the second is uh, you'll know actually when you hit it, which is whenever you're starting to go crazy. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and that'll happen no matter how good you are, because I just had uh, the latter happen to me about a, about a month ago and had to implement uh, basically had to stop marketing and do a lot of uh, documentation and automation. So uh, as I mentioned on the podcast and other episodes, um, ready, fire, aim, something I learned from the Fortune Institute out of Australia. Uh, it's run by several talented individuals. And that was one of their expressions. And it works very well in online marketing. Uh, but at some point, it it bites you because you've been some doing so many readying and firing that you haven't been doing the aiming. And part of the aiming is the documentation and ensuring you're doing everything as efficiently as possible. So beforehand, anything that can be automated should be automated. And that's not always easy to know. Uh, by that, I mean, you may be doing something that you just think cannot possibly be automated. 
Um, and then something like Parabola comes along just a few months ago that can automate stuff you never would have thought. Hmm. Um, or maybe you don't know anything about automation and you don't know that there's tons of stuff that Zapier can automate uh, with just a few clicks. Um, and a shout out to the team at Zapier. I've, I've been with them since they were about a 30 person team. And, um, and now I'm a, they're about 300. So, mm-hmm. and I, by with them, I mean a customer. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not affiliated with any of the software platforms I recommend. And if I happen to become affiliated with one, I'm required by law to mention that. <laughs> so, um, so everything I mentioned is, is what I use and I use it because I feel that it's the best for my particular use case. Uh, so that doesn't always mean it's the best for yours, but um, so back to, to automation, um, there's, it, there's so many different potential ways to implement automation. Uh, generally, most software platforms have some kind of automation built in or automation capabilities built in. And then, of course, they have integration capabilities that allow them to connect to other pieces of software. And then, of course, there's bridging uh, SaaSes, you know, like Zapier, like Parabola. Uh, although Parabola isn't just a bridging platform, so it's also a, um, well, it's a little bit difficult to explain, but it can do a lot of different things. And so looking at your workflow is important. So the first, I guess, year and a half that I was uh, running my companies, I used a little SaaS called Toggle just to track my time. And I tried to track my time pretty granularly, uh, track my time spent marketing, track my time spent uh, doing systems and integration, track my time doing, say, accounting and other kind of things like that, paper pushing, I guess you could say. Uh, and then so it gives you a picture of where your time's going. And then you can more efficient or you can you can more efficiently tackle tackle that by looking at, oh, I have a huge chunk of time spent in this. Well, why? Uh, how How can I reduce or eliminate that chunk of time through automation? through maybe uh, documenting the process and training a, a virtual assistant uh, if, if it can't be automated. Mm-hmm. And that's generally the, your two go-to ways as a solopreneur or an uh, early stage startup and, um, and even, even, even not so early. So those are still my two go-to methods. First, it's um, what can I automate? Second of all, it's what can I process or what can I document so that I can pass it to my ops team, which is uh, composed of my operations manager and uh, the VAs underneath him. So these are things you definitely want to be thinking about. Now, later on, what's going to happen is you're going to start going crazy, <laughs> as I mentioned. And so then you you need to get more advanced and uh, start structuring, you know, you're ma- having managers and, and, and start creating these different positions and giving them responsibility and budgets and, and things like that, uh, as well as getting more advanced with automation capabilities. Um, but at that point, you, you have enough money to kind of throw at these things uh, and that it's no longer about being scrappy, especially fiscally, but it's more about uh, what's the, the most efficient method if I were to, if all of a sudden the amount of business was to double overnight, is, are my systems going to scale with that or are they going to collapse? If they are going to collapse, then they're not scalable. And when we talk about like an easy and actionable system for documenting processes, is that possible? Is that, what does that look like? I actually created a documentation for my documentation. 
<laughs> so I use Quip, um, not because I love it, but because I haven't found anything better. And believe me, I've tried it. By better, I mean collaborative with uh, non-destructive edit capabilities. Um, you know, you could potentially use Google Docs, um, but you need something with a little bit more robust collaboration. Uh, so I use Quip, and I even wrote uh, documentation about how to format the documentation. So uh, mm. down to the what headings do you use, the italics, you know, how 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 the documents should be even written. So that way I didn't have because when you have twenty different people working on these documents, you end up with twenty different formattings, and it's just it's just a big wreck. So what I recently did was I created a list of approved documents for my company and gave different people different levels of access depending on on the need. And of course, it had a central ops document that everyone had access to, which included that formatting SOP, and as well as other general SOPs, and uh, had everyone document every process that was performed more than once. So if you're doing mm -hmm. any kind of process that gets repeated, whether it's yeah, literally more than once, needs to be documented so that a monkey could come along that could read and hopefully replicate the process. Um, you know, that's a little bit simplistic, but I try to make the documentation that that concise and. and Part of this I learned also from the Fortune Institute and part of it I learned um, you know, from experience and because like I said, scalable is what we're all about here. Mm. So I definitely done a lot of work to, to think about that. Um, so get yourself a quip document or some other kind of collaborative document tool. Write down your, um, your formatting guide. Uh, I can make that available uh, to our listeners. Uh, as, a, as a downloadable PDF uh, that they can just copy and paste. So save yourself some time there um, and go use mine. And if you make it better, let us know. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the improvement. You know, we're all about the scale. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely make that available for our listeners. Um, when you're looking at a systems nightmare or a systems mess, um, how do you even begin to determine what systems need to change? Like, how do you find out what you don't know about the current systems? The first thing you have to do is calm down and slow down. So this is where you have to reverse the ready, fire, aim that I am so fond of saying. And that's what I had to do, too. Uh, just recently, I basically had to stop most of the marketing initiatives, most of the new product initiatives all that sort of thing and just not well slow it down you know basically slow it down by a month and really get everybody on board with uh, documenting the processes in a very detailed and structured manner um, and that's it's kind of um, for a marketing guy like me it's it's it sucks some you know you want to you, you like numbers and it's it's not even about the money. It's just about the, the numbers and not being bored. <laughs> so, um, so you know, but that that being said, having all of this is, is a great peace of mind. And you're asking about identifying. The first thing you want to do that's easy, easy to identify is, is the process getting repeated more than once? If so, okay, go document, you know, and, and make sure that the right people have access to document that. If, if you're not the one that's doing it, someone else is doing it, they need to document it. And you need to have some, some QA processes. So, I recently, Asana recently came out with some automation inside of their platform. Asana is the project management platform that I use that allowed us to create some uh, mostly automated quality assurance processes 
Um, and I'm happy to, I'm not sure if Asana will let me share that or not, but perhaps I can mm. screenshot it uh, and make that available. But it allows a step-by-step -step QA process. So I will, uh, you know, make that overview and uh, make that available to the podcast listeners. QA is very important because you've documented everything. Okay, who's going to run through it to make sure that there's not a missing step? Because that happens all the time. And then you put your VA on it or you put somebody on it and then they get stuck or they mess something up and it makes more work for everybody. So a little QA process goes a long way. Um, so that, that's a good starting point. Uh, if, you re if it's done repeatedly and if and getting a QA process in place. After that, go take a look at your, your time tracking, whatever it is you're using, and find out where the most amount of time that isn't making you money is spent. So if it's not marketing or marketing ideation, which could fall under marketing, <laughs> uh, go figure out how to reduce your time in it. Go figure out how to hire yourself a solid Serbian VA um, to follow your solid process document and take that off your plate and uh, go from there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so if someone is coming into a, a business and they maybe see some opportunities for scaling, obviously the systems are subpar, um, and they want to, you know, scale up, um, and kind of develop those processes. How, how does that combine with finding untapped markets um, or does it? So let me try to rephrase this here. While you're attempting to create more automation, can you use that process to also find new markets while doing it? Yes. Good question. So generally speaking, I would say that those are two separate things. Okay. Uh, you're generally either um, trying new things or trying to fix old things. Uh, that, that being said, by saving yourself time on your old things or what you're currently doing, that gives you the time to go uh, and try new things. Uh, again, like I said, free, uh, free your time so that you can do more ideation. And, and part of ideation is trying and testing um, so they do go hand in hand in a way that they make more time available to try new things got it got it and um what would you say are like the besides what you've mentioned what are like the top five pillars or necessary pieces to make sure that you have your systems solid before you even attempt to scale. Whenever you're, whatever you're making, think about what would happen if the amount of customers multiplied by 10 hmm. um, or two or whatever it is, but probably something like 10, something really large, larger than you really expect to see in the foreseeable future. And then Think about if it's worth the cost benefit for right now. So, for example, let's say you're going to build a survey, a uh, survey and type form, which is what I use. And let's say you 
you know, it connects native, natively to Drip, which is what I use for my email and text message automation. And then let's say you also want to pipe that data somewhere else, or you want someone else to have access to that data, but it doesn't natively integrate with Typeform. And you're just like, oh, well, I'll export the results and email it to them every so often. Well, it wouldn't really cost you much more because you probably uh, already have a free Google account. And I believe Typeform natively integrates with Google Sheets. It wouldn't, it would only take you maybe 15 minutes at the most to go ahead and just integrate it into a free sheets that you shared with that person instead. And then you never had to think about that again mm. because it's a, and that wouldn't cost you anything else. So there's no, there's no real loss. There's no real reason not to set it up for scale right then mm. uh, where sometimes that's not true. Sometimes um, you're uh, trying, you would have to pay a lot more or it would take you large amounts of time and multiple new platforms or something like that to set up for scale. And that might not make sense for you right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I, th those are really like the core ways that I would look at it. Um, so you asked for, for five different things, right? Um, let's see if I can think of five. The One of the other things to, to think about is to make sure that you're using everything and you're not using everything. By, by what I mean is you want to make sure that it's not taking brain power from you, uh, whatever it is. So for example, talking going back to the, the emailing uh, scenario, that it takes a mental load to kind of remember or set up a reminder to send the email, or maybe you don't, and then they email you telling you to email them. And uh, it's just, it's a mental load there as well as a time sink that you just don't need. And, and there's no way to quantify kind of that mental load, but as a solopreneur or as a business owner, they add up quickly. And the more bogged down you are, the less you can kind of steer the company towards scale and profitability. Because uh, no one's gonna do that for you. So it's not like you can outsource uh, growing the company in a way that is kind of less qualitative and more, or sorry, less quantitative and more qualitative. Uh, no one is going to come to you and say, hey, this this is amazing idea and this amazing market and I've implemented this. And, and unless, you know, you're more advanced and you have some really great people working for you. But the, the point is, like, when you're when you're starting out. You need to think about where you put your mental energy and you're and it's always important like that 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 scales also or should scale also. You're, you're trying to do everything whenever you don't have a lot going on. And it, there are times where you might have to do everything yourself, or maybe you only have a couple hundred bucks and, you know, it's you and a VA and some stuff on Fiverr or just you and Fiverr and you're doing what you, what you have to do. Uh, I've done it. Hmm. Um, but if, as you, as you grow, as things progress a little bit, always be cognizant of where your mental energy is going, where your time's going. And sometimes you have to reevaluate. And you, in fact, you, you're always going to have to be reevaluating that. Uh, I still have to. So what was that? That was like three or four, huh? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, well, can you close us out uh, on this episode of scaling the turnaround, maybe with a story where you've seen a company actually uh, implement um, a solid uh, scalable system and it actually did help them to turn around their business and actually scale from there? So I actually had an interview 
this is uh, when I was just starting out my now what is my largest company and I could really have used the salary an interview with one of the very few conversion rate optimization companies out there that are um, that are really doing a, a good job and um, they're, they're taking on their clients are at minimum million dollars a month sort of thing because you need a lot of data but they have some incredibly detailed processes for they had one for the interview process uh, which was incredibly lengthy and they had one they basically they had the most process documentation and most well-followed processes that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, even I wouldn't be able to function in that level of structure <laughs> because I'm not like a, a schedule my day kind of guy. I'm a, more of a schedule my systems kind of guy, but they had both down very, very well to the, to where everybody knew what everyone was going to do at every step of everything. So uh, one example was, um, during the interview process, everybody knew kind of who was in the candidate pool, who had met with them, what their notes were, what time the next meeting was, what the next step in the process was, what they had to, uh, it was all lined out in, in Quip and uh, they used Trello. So uh, I'll knock them for that. Trello is like a bad version of Asana, but <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, they, they just had everything so well documented, so well followed by the employees, which is, you know, you can have a great documentation, but everyone ignores it. Um, they were fully remote. Uh, they were a service company that had managed to reach this level of scale, which is difficult to do. So um, I didn't get the job, by the way. And, and and part of that was they actually had a process failure at the very end, uh, which they did evaluate. Uh, but it was it worked out because I, I launched my own company anyway. <laughs> so uh, no hard feelings there. I actually met the owner um, uh, at one point. But... Uh, it was it was it was impressive. I, I still remember it. Uh, this was years ago, and uh, so it can be done, um, and and should be done. Um, again, working with your particular strengths and weaknesses, know, knowing yourself. Um, one of my favorite quotes used to be "Know thyself." And now I'm old enough to know that that's not possible. <laughs> but the uh, my point is that there are some things you can know about yourself. Such as, as I mentioned, I'm just not a great calendar structure my day by the hour kind of person I, I don't really function well that way so I don't set up my company that way um, but I do set up um, other systems to work around that or to work in different ways than say somebody that was not like that let's say you really love to structure every hour of your day uh, your systems would look different perhaps than my systems but wouldn't make it better or worse that yeah, makes perfect sense. And uh, Martin, can you remind us of the uh, uh, actionable download that we'll be offering our uh, listeners for this scaling the turnaround episode? Yep, it is formatting your SOPs. So that's this way you can have multiple people working on your SOP documents, on your uh, process documents, and they all look the same and they're all set up the same way so that they can be more easily followed. And I'll also uh, point out a couple of things we covered. Track your time. Use a toggle or some other similar uh, time tracking or an app to see where your time's going. Break it down relatively granularly, maybe like six to ten different things, ten at the most, maybe four at the least. Uh, and so you can see where your time is going. And if the most, the bulk of your time isn't going to things that are directly going to impact the bottom line, 
you should be looking for ways to automate that or possibly pass it off to a VA. And, and I know you're wearing a lot of hats if you're you know, in relatively early stages and even later stages, you're gonna be doing a lot of things as a business owner. Now, there's always so many problems to fix and so many things to do, but try to steer yourself away from the things that don't make you money. And that could be as simple as hiring a VA um, and and having good enough process documents that you can task them, in, you know, probably in Asana, to refer to the documents and uh, take these things off your plate. And it could be as, as advanced as you know hiring an entire finance team. So it just depends on what stage that you're in. But uh, you need to get yourself away from things that don't involve either the bottom line or from hiring high quality talent that will help you or help your company grow that bottom line. Uh, so I hope that those are some actionable takeaways from this episode because we do strive to be actionable here rather than kind of high level. Fabulous. And there we have it. So you can be sure to uh, get that download at scalablesolutionspodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Martin, thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you, Wayne.